Hello again, and welcome back to the Safe Toddles podcast. I'm Dr. Grace Ambrozak, and here with my co-host, Kelvin Crosby. Hi, Kel. Hey there. So good to see you all, even though I can't see you. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood, and we're living beyond our challenges. It's a, just an Love awesome it. time to be here. And I think I'm excited about today's topic, as we're going to be diving into how to really uh, work with your Safe Toddles game and be able to help your child be able to start learning how to walk with it and be able to use it, how to find stairs, how to navigate, stand, just do different things to have in that independence that they need. I got a little story for you all. When I became legally blind at age 19, obviously I'm, I wasn't an infant when I lost my vision. But one of my biggest problems was is I kept losing my cane. And part of it is I still had a little vision in my central vision. I had no peripheral vision at that point. And I would just go to places and use my cane and tap 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 and go put it away and then next thing you know I'll put it in the corner and i go start working in the kitchen and i can't find the cane like where did i put it did i lose it oh. where, where, where did i do with it and i think this this brings up a really interesting point as we're introducing the cane to our toddlers are we trying to make sure that they build in the muscle memory to always know where the cane is to start making it part of their life, part of their toolbox that they use on yeah. a daily basis. So that's kind of my story for today and kind of how what today's topic is is how Safe Toddles Belt Cane tool that helps you navigate life and give them the independence. Grace, can you kind of explain a little bit more? That point you are making is such an important one. As an adult, when you put your cane away or put it somewhere, that's your ability. You have a wherewithal to go, okay, I'm going to be standing here for a minute. I'm just going to put my cane over here. I don't need it. And then I'll pick it up again, right? That's a really great thought that you have that ability. And when we're talking about one-year-olds and two-year-olds, and even mm-hmm. three and four-year-olds, five-year-olds, like that's one of the things that we're not going to be able to expect of them to be responsible for their shoes. They're not responsible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, that's a good point. Cause like how, how much responsibility do we put on our kids? Or an infant right. to be responsible for their tools. And and is that something like if you're introducing just a normal blind cane, that detaches from the body. Right. Having. So how would that, what, what is the benefit having the belt cane on all the time? What did that benefit? Well, exactly. The fact that one of the misconceptions is that somehow if a three-year-old or a two-year-old or a one-year-old isn't expertly swinging their um, adult cane back and forth with each step that they are consciously choosing not to use it, that they are fine without it. And I think that that misunderstanding has no merit. So if your child keeps taking their socks and shoes off, which is a common problem of that age, <laughs> and we would say, well, they're choosing to go out in the below freezing weather without shoes, they must be okay without shoes, or if they are choosing to be upset when we put them in a car seat, well, we don't say, it should be okay. They obviously feel safe in the car without being in their car seat, right? They We don't let mm-hmm. infants and toddlers get their way in matters of importance, like wearing your shoes and socks outside because of, of safety. So the thing with the cane is them not being able to use it is in fact a sign that they're not able to use it. 
not that they don't want to use it. So we do want to keep it on all the time. You know, and that's why we created the pediatric bell cane to eliminate the dropping and losing and the, mm-hmm. the lack of ability uh, is to, to, to take out that middleman and say, you don't have to be responsible yeah. for keeping the cane in position. That's too mm-hmm. hard for someone at two years old, but you yeah. will need to benefit from it. You will get the benefit by wearing it. As you kind of touched on it, you're saying that we should be having this cane on, the, on our toddlers all the time. Yes. And having it on and off. So how would you address like some of the questions that would be asked? Like, how would you sit with that? How would you um, be able to just chill and relax at a restaurant or be in a chair or go to school? And like, what does that what does that look like? How does that how would a kid navigate that? Like, can you explain a little bit to me? Like, how does the belt cane accommodate for all of that? I initially thought the bell cane would need to be more in a fixed position, but there's no way to create that. And the fact that it doesn't stay in a fixed position out forward is actually what allows it to be such an easy thing to transition to sitting and being picked up by a parent. It just sort of goes along parallel to the parent's body when you're holding them in your arms. It doesn't get in the way of that. It doesn't get in the way of sitting down on the floor. Um, And just sort of as a starting point, I would put it into the routine of everything. So in the morning when we get up and get dressed, we put on our bell cane as part of our outfit. And then we make like yeah, that. we I make like our that. way to wherever we're going, if it's the bathroom to get cleaned up. Because the thing is this it's like the light switch, for example, because your toddler cannot turn on the light switch. It's too high. It's it's complicated. And yet we would never deny a sighted toddler a fully well-lit room so that they can get mm-hmm. around very easily. Yeah. And that's the thing about this bell cane is it's going to allow them the information that they need. So we need to put it on and as much as possible, integrate it. I have wonderful video of a young man named Jack on our website. He is two to three range. And the very same question, well, Jack and Wyatt are sitting at the same table. They're both wearing their bell canes and it sort of can touch, the frames can touch underneath the table. And both boys are blind. Wyatt's a little older. And I said, well, isn't that a wonderful thing? Because they don't have eye contact, but their frames could contact and they could remind each other that they're there across from each other and they could even have a little squabble under the table and be boys. <laughs> like I yep. see no downside yep. to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that, that's a beautiful thing about it. And like now you're creating opportunities. That's something I never even thought about is being able to have that information through the belt cane. I think that's a fascinating idea because that helps you with spatial expressions, how to understand what spatial expressions mean. Well, at yep. least that your friend is still there and is interested in you and maybe is quiet and now is squirming. It's hard to know, you know, if it would get to be a distraction and they would have to start saying, well, you know, <laughs> settle your canes, boys. <laughs> but why would you want a two and three and four year old who is blind to have the capacity to get up and run away? I mean, does that seem like a good idea to to you that they would have the confidence that if they got up and started running they'd have that yeah. safe mobility with them right it's an independence mm-hmm. well and I, and I agree is the teacher more willing to allow them to, to go somewhere is the parent more allow, willing to let them go on their own as long as they have the belt king 
they're pretty much not 100% safe, but they're, they're they're a lot more safer than without it. Right. And I think I think that's where they're the big push in there. Well, it's not um, even that as an adult, we know that consciously that they're safer, but they are more willing. What we find mm-hmm. are the kids who are wearing their canes walk and run across open space when they wear it, and they're not doing the same thing without it. Mm-hmm. So it really makes yeah. a change in their ability to have the wherewithal to be like every other child. And yes, maybe we have to teach them the rule. You're not mm-hmm. allowed to stand up and walk away when it's the middle of class. That was my son. He had to get sent back to kindergarten because in first grade, he decided that he wanted to go and look at a book on the other side of the room, right where the teacher was engaging the whole class and something else. She's like, he just stood up and walked away. <laughs> he doesn't know the rules of yeah. first grade, right? So, so yeah, yeah we yeah. have rules to teach, but we also have to really understand that the other side of the coin is when I went to a school for the blind and provided this cane to a three-year-old who wasn't doing anything. He was mostly sitting at his desk, stimming on a toy, licking it, not engaged in language, not engaged with his peers, not engaged in anything. When he started wearing his cane, he did start moving around the classroom, pulling things off the desk. So that teacher took the cane away. And mm-hmm. therefore, your question is is very accurate. What will teachers say when they now have a blind child who used to sit idle and do nothing Mm -hmm. and learn nothing, but much easier to handle than a blind child who now has to learn the rules? And I think that's a more important thing to do is let's teach them the rules. And, you know, you're not allowed to wander and go and take things off the teacher's desk. That's a good rule to learn as a blind Mm -hmm. three-year-old. Yeah. So something that's scratching my head here is – how in the world did the belt cane deal with stairs? Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing is, if you're using a regular blind cane, you just, you literally just, you tilt it to the right. If you're going down the stairs, or if you're right-handed or left-handed, depending on, I tilt it to the left a little bit. And then it just, it taps every step that I go down. So it clears my path. And then I get to the bottom of the steps. And then when I come back up, I hoard it like a pencil. And it taps every step before I step on it. So that way it clears that step for me. So how does that technique that you would use a regular blind cane to deal with stairs, how would that correlate to the belt cane? Well, you're missing a step in your step technique because what you didn't mention was, first of all, locating the very first step. And when you go down the step, that's a pretty important part of the procedure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where exactly is. is the down well, step I, edge? Yeah. Right? Well, I, I, I do that with my foot. Let's say do with my cane, but yes. Well, um. let's think about that. You've never had O&M instruction. <laughs> So that's what it sounds like to me when I hear the way you use your cane and that you're more apt to use your feet. So that's fine. However, what is the point here that I'm making is wearing the cane ensures that the child will always know exactly where that down step begins. Yeah. And that's the vital information. And the same with the up step or anything that is an inch or taller ahead of them that would stop them, would trip the child. So that's Mm -hmm. the beginning. Now, 
what we have found, we have two cane frames. The daily frame is the one that is the correct length, has the better angle to the floor and really slides along most any surface. It's long enough so that once you start approaching the down step, and yes, you should slide your feet up once you know where it is. I agree with that. And look for the railing. These mm-hmm. are all skills that you get to do once you know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it slides pretty much bump, bump, bump down ahead of you and it just levels out when you get to the floor. So down the steps works well. Going up the steps, the child will learn eventually how to lift the cane themselves as needed. But but, but having the warning. Mm-hmm. That's critical, knowing that it's there, knowing that there's another step, knowing that the steps keep going up high. That's all critical information that a blind child does not have. And without it, they just are, they have no idea mm-hmm. how many steps are ahead of me. Is, you know, is it a st- really that lack of information is the problem? Yeah. So let me ask you this. So can you kind of just like give us a visual understanding? Like, all right, I'm going up the stairs at the belt. Am I tapping or am I just lifting it and just walking up the stairs? Preferred way is that the child who is blind learns to really put pressure and sort of scrape and scratch and tactily swipe the cane up and then forward and find the next step and that they are using their hands on the frame to decide because not everything is a step. Yeah. And what we first need to take a step back and say, they don't know what what's stopping them. Mm-hmm. Now, context, memory, that mm-hmm. does play a Apart. Yes, maybe they hear someone going up the steps. Maybe they know this is where the steps are. So there are reasons why they would know, yes, now I'm at the steps. And I'm not saying that's not the case. But on the whole, no one should assume anything. So we don't want to teach them to automatically lift their cane at everything that's in front of them. They need to really say, I want to feel the length and breadth of this. How tall is this? Is this a step? Can I step up on it? And the same with down. Like, how far down is it going? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, is yep. this really something I should walk away from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. That's the information that their vision doesn't provide. Yeah. And then, yeah, so they're, like, if it's a little bit of a thing, sometimes they could just, with a little pressure, it might hop over. It, once it gets taller, maybe it's, like, maybe it's not stationary. So by the pressure and, like, the scraping, mm-hmm. it might move it out of the way and trying to step over an object like that might be more risky. Maybe it's the dog, right? Like the dog is going to move. So you're not going to (laughs) step on the dog or over the dog. You want the dog to get out of the way. So like that's the first thing we need to understand as sighted people is they don't know what they've encountered until they've gotten more tactile feedback from it. And then, yes, going up the steps. If it's a nice square set of stairs, mm-hmm. they'll be able to learn to manipulate it with their hands. Yeah. Um, well, I think that brings a really good point and it kind of just brings us a wrap up here is the importance of having that cane so that they can explore the world. And having the cane all the time when things change in the environment, like having the dog in the middle of the floor or you have um, – one of their toys is in the middle of the floor because they didn't put it away. You know, they're supposed uh-huh. to put their toys away. And like, and then, or the, somebody had a chair out or just different things like that. Like, the, the, the environment's always changing whether it's a controlled environment or not, especially if you live with other people. And, of course, these toddlers all are living with other people. And people yep. are people and they like to move things. <laughs> and so this brings it, like, it's pretty important 
to have this belt cane on as much as you possibly can have it on all the time, whether you're on the playground, whether you're in your classroom, whether you're having a circle time or being on the carpet. I mean, obviously, we do need to create some rules and making sure you don't balance your cane. You keep the cane still and like circle time or different things like that. Um, and then just really creating that, that sense of security with the belt cane, having it all on or all the time and having the clothes it's like part of your clothes like oh i put my shoes on i'm gonna also put my belt cane on like every time i move and i think that that's what's so beautiful about the belt cane it, is it it can be and it is a tool that is just an added part to your shoes as a visually impaired and blind toddler and learning how to understand the world because like Again, we talked about stairs. We talked about hitting a dog. We talked about all these different things out there that changes in our environment. And trying to understand that as, a, as an infant, trying to understand those growth motor skills and understand, like, oh, you start learning what that is, but it's not going to be right off the bat. I mean, you're, you're hoping that your child will run into something and you say, hey, yes. <laughs> oh, mom, dad, what is this? Yeah. Um, and then they touch it. They learn it. Oh, wow. They now just added something to their repertoire that they didn't have before. And I think that's what's so beautiful about all of this. So, And I do oh. want to say that we have collected one of the largest collections of toddlers and preschool learners who are blind and mobility visually impaired on our website. And there's lots of video that demonstrates all of these activities, sitting, standing, interacting with stairs that you can check out on our website, safetoddles.org. So that wraps us up for the Safe Toddles podcast. So if you want to get a hold of us, email us at info at safetoddles.org. If you'd like to find us on all the social media platforms, we're there at Safe Toddles. And also, if you want to donate to the Safe Toddles and subscribe to continue, continue to help infants be able to have their canes and be able to have that freedom and the ability please go to www.safepoddles.org and support and give independence and help these kids live beyond their challenges you guys have a great day and go live beyond your challenges have a wonderful day